Hello and welcome. Uh, it's Podcast Lozies here. Anyway, joined by Carl. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and Stelios. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on a mission now to make as unprofessional intro as possible. Tuesday, the 16th of January, for anyone wondering. There we are. You've, I actually uh... didn't know I had to check. So. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're talking about the tech vibes, our overboys, uh, Street Fighter 2024, and uh, we're going to be doing small Vox Pops, this time on representation, which um, is going to be good. I'm not going to spoil it. It's, it's Sounds promising. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, we don't have any announcements, so let's do the segment, shall we? So, tech vibes, boys. Now I'm sure we're all aware of the the tech girl boss day in the life clips. Remember these? It was just like I got up, oh yeah, I went to the gym, I had coffee, then I went home and slept. A good job, nice life. Um, no, no, no. I was in two meetings: a morning meeting and an afternoon meeting. Yeah, I get paid seventy five thousand dollars a year. And those vibes seem to have probably died, and Good. like fully. And I, I thought it'd be nice to do a sort of return to tradition in going back and checking out what happened in that uh, sphere. And we'll start off with just this: this being the news about Twitter, of course, the biggest well, business story of the year, yep. as the Washington Post put. Elon Musk fired Twitter staff and broke nothing. That was eighty percent of the Twitter staff. Yeah, which um, sort of gives you a metric for how much a lot of these places obviously do not need the people they have. I mean, it's comical in the case of Twitter because yeah. they're all activists. But recently, there's been a lot of layoffs and um, not a small amount either in the tech sector. So this is Twitch. is cutting 35% of its staff. The given reason because they're not profitable. Yeah, they're Just after nine years, Amazon's acquisition of the company, the business remains unprofitable. Just as a quick aside here, the people might be wondering, well, how do these businesses exist? And that's investor capital. So they got God only knows how much money and they decided to employ a bunch of uh, middle-class white women to have meetings all day and then they realized that they're not making a profit. I mean, in the case of Twitch, I mean, there's specific circumstances in all of these. Like, Twitter was full of activists. Twitch is probably full of, like, you know, perverts. <laughs> it's probably, uh... Just saying. There's, there's accusations in all of this. Uh, Google, as well, they're laying off a thousand workers. Yeah. It's just in. So there we are. That's 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 small fries. Who cares? And it turns out this is a, a proper industry-wide thing. And you may remember, well, last year this was an industry-wide thing. The tech sector fell off a cliff after the COVID lockdowns ended. Yeah. Massive layoffs. And now this year they started the year again with massive layoffs. I was like, huh? Slash it. Slash it. <laughs> like eighty percent seems to be the well level you can get to. Yeah. Um, the news Pareto and principle proven correct again. Yeah. I mean, in here the. They, uh, they have Twitch, they have Amazon here, who said they're also getting rid of several hundred employees, specifically around Prime Video, the key. Uh, Wednesday, Google said they're letting go of hundreds. Uh, Duolingo have decided to get rid of 10% of their contract employees. This is the only one I can find that says the reason is because of AI. Oh, really? So AI is taking over those roles. I love that basically the tech sector is returning to nature. What? No, no, no. What do you mean? Because <laughs> this was initially started by guys with very poor posture and blocked sinuses who had very thick glasses and who would just sit there on the computer all day, tap, 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 never speaking to another human being. That's the state of nature for the tech sector. And it's returning to that. Not influencer girls. No. There's actually probably the furthest you could get away yeah. from the origin story of the tech sector. Yeah. And I mean, now all of these people have been proven to be uh, dead weight. And they're just being cut. And so it's going to go back to the hunched over nerdy guy with his glasses. Tap, tap, tap. Yeah, but who is, who is going to do all the woke stuff? Yeah, well, that's a great question. 
I guess they've got the AI for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out with a bit of simple oh, programming. Yeah. Uh, so we're not getting less woke stuff. We're just no, going to no. have AI doing yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's, okay. it's, it's a simple algorithm. Yeah. I mean, true. I'll have a segment for that in the future. But um, some AI startup got rid of 4% of its workforce. Uh, Discord is firing 17% of its workforce. Sorry, just a quick aside. Imagine being like, yeah, I'm getting an AI startup. Yeah. What happened? I got replaced by AI. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you win some, you lose some. But Discord getting rid of 17% of its staff. I didn't know they had this many people working at Discord. Apparently, it's 170 employees. So they must have 1,000 people working on Discord, which, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm an idiot, but it doesn't seem that complicated. But, but there we are. Well, it isn't. That's why they got rid of 17%. Anyway, there's also Unity. They're getting rid of 1,800 jobs. Bloody hell. It's just like, okay. As far as they had that many. Yeah. Uh, the whole industry is, is just being like, hmm. Yeah, we, we, we expanded too much. This, 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 yeah, this is the massively fixed. bloated. And one of the funny things I saw from this is uh, this lady does a, a good breakdown where she's talking about the tech sector. Well, if they're getting rid of all of those people who were there for the free goodies and the vibes, maybe, maybe the whole company's going to have to change. Shuts down the Mountain View Child Care Center. Yes. That wasn't for the men. Yeah. That wasn't for the glassy men. That wasn't for them. So well, basically, it's going to be a business that will have to produce money. <laughs> no, if it, so basically, it's going to be a business. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, instead of a, a daycare. Well, yeah. let's let's have a listen to this lady because she's criticizing it, saying that this is the end of uh, that golden age. Google continues to have layoff after layoff, and this time they're even shutting down their childcare center. They're getting rid of their snacks. Got the accent. <laughs> okay, and if you're not an engineer, you have to use a Chromebook. Oh, no. Do you know who uses a my my kids use a Chromebook? Oh, no. We got them on clearance at Best oh, Buy no. for one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Do you remember? Can you like imagine the humiliation? Yeah, yeah. Everybody and their mother wanted to go work at Google. A stream, like oh my gosh, that's a bit too quiet. We don't really access, hear. But she's whining about how Google used to be the best place to work. And it's like, well, okay, not really, because now, yeah, and now that's all gone. In which case. Well, it's just a business. So I don't know why this is some <laughs> kind of shock to the system, but there we are. The the perk of tech companies is now over because, well, the. Just to be clear, I'm really of the opinion that anyone who's not an engineer is just having meetings, right? And those meetings don't really need to happen. They don't produce money. Just go back to pure engineers. Well, like Elon did, actually. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting to the point where you can let off 80% of your staff, I mean, you're not dealing with people dealing with the essential aspects. You're dealing with people that, well, taking the piss, frankly. And I mean, we can see it repeatedly. I mean, this lady, you remember she went viral? Uh, I haven't seen this one, but I've seen a bunch of them where they're filming their layoff. Oh, well, this was that one of them. Oh. Where she's just like, oh, a day of my life getting laid off from Google. And this one went mega viral, of course, because people looked at it and started not being very sympathetic. Yeah. Um, most notably because, well, it turned out that she documented her entire time doing this job. I mean, Matt Walsh made a video taking the piss out of her. Because this is one of her earlier videos yeah. where she um, does, well, nothing. Yeah, it doesn't do any work. This is in the LA office where she eats snacks, drinks stupid drinks, and enjoys the vibes. So How you... is she going to get inspired? <laughs> Great question. It, do it, what, guys, it's, it's 2024 right now. Okay, yeah, she's working. What, what these women are doing are living kind of like as the perfect ones in the rat utopia. They're like just sat there grooming themselves and living this airy life on top of the very, the cream of what our civilization has to produce. And they just go into meetings. They do nothing. They just talk all day. They produce nothing. They, in, they don't innovate anything. They're not creative. They're actually just existing in this perfect world. 
and you're taking that away from them. Have you considered how cruel that is? I mean, look, she gets all this nice food. Yeah. Anyway, but the the fundamental there is that, of course, this is comical, and everyone enjoyed it at the time, being like, well, yeah, okay, I mean, there's someone who deserves to get fired. It's people who literally do no work and get paid handsomely. Because, I mean, these Google people are on, I think, like 80 to 100K, some of them. Yeah. Which is just like, okay, okay. Yeah, but they're petting dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I'd love to get that job. <laughs> But this this blew up massively because, of course, I don't know if you remember this uh, LinkedIn girly as well. She was uh, today, today was one of the meeting that was conveniently canceled right beforehand. Was down. I had to get certified in our new. Uh, this one's not loading. Okay, great. Yeah. Internet's dead. But this is the the LinkedIn girly who just does zero as well at LinkedIn and just drinks drinks. Yeah, yeah, we saw loads of. So just to remind everyone what this were. I mean, there was the surprise layoff. This one's quite funny. But she's like a day in my life, and then she does nothing. And then she gets fired at the end of it. <laughs> She's like, quick update. I lost my job. <laughs> so, what job? <laughs> what do you do? And the best part about all of these individuals is they all, of course, are addicted to TikTok, upload everything yeah. to TikTok. So we had long records of them doing nothing and <laughs> then getting really easy for their bosses. <laughs> like, take it. Oh, yeah. She can go. Caffeine and more work. But look, but look at the perfect existence. She's just existing for herself and just. I look, it's all about me. It's everything's me. Everything like my life, everything around me is geared to make me comfortable. And this I intended to be my life until the end of time. Was that her office? Because I see no one else there. Oh, that was her at home after she got fired. Okay. I was doing the quick update, like, hey guys, I got fired. Don't know what to do. You don't do anything. You didn't know what to do yesterday. Yeah. And these people you could point to and say, okay, I literally have your timeline. Lass, yeah, you, you you did zero. I mean, the TikTok one—it's a shame we can't play because that is the funniest one, where she spends more time sniffing like napkins, yeah, than than doing work, <laughs> and, and she jotted minute by minute what she does, so it's even more obvious. And that was good fun, but with this new round of layoffs—I mean, mass layoffs. There, you can see this was the start of 2013 mass layoffs, sure. and the start of 2014 seems to be the same. There's been a few more videos that have popped up, and um, so this is one. Yeah. It, it's a little bit harder in these cases to figure out what these people did because they didn't upload themselves mm. sipping drinks and sniffing napkins. But I thought we'd have a look and see what you guys think. Yeah. So this is her getting laid off from Discord. Today we are making the unfortunate and difficult decision to reduce the size of Discord's workforce by 17%. This means we are saying goodbye to 170 of our talented colleagues. By 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, everyone will receive an email. In your email, you will learn whether or not your employment has been impacted by this reduction in force. I find out if I'm laid off in 20 minutes. Breakup text through email. Yeah, I got the email. Holy shit, dude. I am laid off. Fuck. Oh my god. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, normal response. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I bet her husband comes off. in with a second. Holy right? shit, dude. You need to cancel your day. That's crazy. There we go. Right? <laughs> Sorry, just coming to who was it, right? Goodbye. Look at his this, face. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> yeah. this, 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 is, this is exactly what I'm trying to say. Their entire life is an aesthetic. Yeah. Right? It is an aesthetic that they move through. They go, oh, isn't this beautiful? And then you can see the expression on the guy. He's the one who's actually making sure things remain working, right? 
She, for her, this is funny. Oh my God, this is such, I'm going to put a reaction video. She's smiling. It's like, my God, man. If that's like your average husband anywhere in any country, in other words, like, like got, shit, 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 yeah, shit, yeah. shit. It's like, oh my God, how are we going to pay the mortgage? How are the kids going to get fed? Oh my God, this is a really serious thing. For her, it's just like, oh my God, this is just a new arc, or my, my new era in my story. And it's yeah. just like, you're not living a real life. People who do things like that, they take nothing seriously. Yeah. It's just... It's not serious. Someone yeah. else is going to do it for her. Other people make reaction videos about movies or listening to songs for the first time. And it's just, okay, let's just make a video about me losing my job. Yeah, that's tragic to any man. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the pain on his face as well, though. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm, I'm going to stop paying for her nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you're going through with mine. Exactly. She's living in this idyllic, like, Eden that she doesn't even realize that other people are propping up. Like this to her is just a nothing. It's crazy. I Imagine what would happen if people like that ruled the world. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they rule our world by Imagine running the tech. Imagine a dystopia where useless people run society. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. Re reaction yeah, video. changed. We're getting invaded. Reaction video. Oh yeah. my God. But just, I just can't imagine what it's like to live in this kind of idyllic ignorance where just, oh, wow, something's happened. And, but everyone else will make sure everything's fine for me. I can't even imagine. So it's hard to tell um, because she seemingly, she does upload quite a lot to Twitter and whatnot, but she's not someone who posted like, my day in my life where I sit there and do bugger all. Sure. So I, it's hard to tell what exactly she did. But I, 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 maybe I'm being a bit rude and mean, but if you were part of the 17% the Discord thought they could get rid of because you're not productive enough, you probably weren't doing that much. Yeah. I mean, you weren't essential to the running of Discord. And um, has anyone noticed Discord, what? Dying recently? Getting better? Seems the same. Discord's been the same for years. Yeah, literally hasn't changed. And I don't want it to change either, just to be clear. Yeah, like I'm perfectly happy with the it, service. It's saying, saying that I did have an aesthetic update on the app recently, which I don't approve of. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know who to blame. <laughs> but the point being, I, I mean, why do you need a thousand people running Discord? I'm not really sure why. So getting rid of that 170 people, like, what were they doing collectively? I imagine, I imagine a lot of them were moderators. Yeah. Making sure that you weren't saying naughty things in Discord. Which, I mean, you could just outsource to, you know, people who work for less because that's how that industry works. But yeah, the responses on this, a lot of people were like, hmm, why are you excited? Yeah. Why, why are you happy about this? Because this isn't going to destroy life. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Um, her defense is that she's, you know, she's a happy person. She laughs about stuff. I mean, what are you going to do? Cry? Which, okay. well, I mean, some, some people would, yeah. Yeah, I mean, her, your boyfriend definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have, look at his face. Yeah. He's not the happiest of chaps. He's going to pay the news. bill. But I, I want to add to this that a whole generation of people is educated to be this way. Because, yeah. for instance, not only in school, but also in universities, and it seems like in several businesses, they are, they are in a bubble that says, essentially, let us not hurt your feelings in anything. They see everything as uh, being inconsequential. Well, I mean, if, if, if you could just go through life uh, with your job not being that important, yeah. Um, but she's not the only one uh, that blew up. This one blew up. And this one's a bit more strange, which is that uh, she mentions that all her co-workers have been getting calls saying, um, you're fired because you're not reaching expectations. And she decided to do a lot of pushback. It's nine minutes. We're not going to play all that, obviously. Right. But I'm just going to play a little bit so you can get a flavor of the situation. So this is her saying she's waiting for the call. It's an invite. Hey, Brittany. Hi. Yes, I'm so sorry. My name's Rosie. I'm just uh, joining the call. Um, nice to meet you. I'm on the HR team. Mm -hmm. 
Hi, Brittany. Hi. Thanks for meeting with me and Rosie. Um, we have an important meeting today. Uh, we finished our evaluations of 2023 performance. This is where you have not met Cloudflare expectations for performance. We've decided to part ways with you. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you right there. Sure. Um, so I started August 25th. I've been on a three month ramp. And then it was three weeks of December and then a week of Christmas. And then here we are. Um, I have had the highest activity amongst my team um, since I've started. I have had three contracts out done a really great job managing my deals up until the very end that decided not to close last minute. Um, so I don't think that that makes a lot of sense for me in my Cloudflare journey here so far. Also, um, every single one-on-one -on -one I've had with my manager, every conversation I've had with him, has he has been giving me nothing but I am doing a great job. I have had great activity. I have really great meetings. I'm picking up the products very quickly and um, things have been going really, really well. I make really great relationships with my clients. Um, but so they don't close. I disagree that my performance hasn't been, um, I haven't met performance expectations um, when I certainly have just because I haven't closed anything officially. Yeah, and it goes on like that. This is the problem with affirmation culture. So, oh, no, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're... No, she needs to be told the hard truth. No, you haven't got a single closure. You've been here for, what, three months, five months, whatever she said it was. It's like, look, you have to, she's obviously in a sales position. You have to actually start making some sales. Mm. End of story. Uh, the firing, I think, makes sense. Yeah. Which is, you cost X, what have we got in return? And if she hasn't closed a single sale, um, well, then they, they've got zero in return for the three months of investment in this person. And they're this... just thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, this one blew up because she then goes on to talk about the fact that uh, only HR turned up to fire her. None of her managers were there. So don't know what's going on there, which whatever. I mean, that doesn't really seem to get to the nub of it. A lot of people think that this is also just a very bad idea to film yourself getting fired and, and, and talking to the person saying, I don't understand why I'm being fired. Um, I'm sure your next boss certainly won't look up your TikTok account. Yeah, I mean, her name is now massively famous because of this. I mean, the, this is just a bot reposting this for Christ's sake. I mean, this blew up massively. And there's a lot of conversation around it. But again, yeah, I mean, if you don't pay the way, then why would Cloudflare keep you? And this blew up so much, the Cloudflare CEO came out to respond to it. And when she just says, you yeah, know, we were firing 40 of the salespeople out of the 1,500 because they don't meet our expectations. Yeah. He then goes on to sort of say that, well, it's, you know, it's uncomfortable because why is only HR involved, blah, blah, blah. Um, hard to tell what that's all about, frankly, because it, that's internal Cloudflare management, right? But unless the people running Cloudflare HR are really stupid, I find it hard to believe that she doesn't deserve to be let go. I mean, if you're in the bottom 40 out of 1,500 people doing sales. You fail to close a single sale. It seems really unlikely that they messed up. Yeah. It seems more that this person didn't perform and therefore buy. And uh, I hate to be that guy. Have you guys noticed a pattern? Uh, several ones. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> can we say it? I don't know. Can you I, tell me. Can I mention the lack of penises in those being fired <laughs> in all of the videos that have gone viral? We, we can also narrow Every it. single one of them. We, we can narrow it down as well. Um, 
attractive, middle class, well-educated, mid-twenties, late-twenties. Um, these are all a certain kind of woman. But not streetwise. No, no, no. Very um, bubbly. Uh, mollycoddled, we could say. Yeah. The, the, dwellers the product, of bubbles. The product of affirmation culture. Turns out they don't work very hard. But I'm going to be that guy. It's disproportionately female. It's, it's, it's disproportionately female. Yeah, but it's disproportionately it's, a kind of female. Of course, that too. But there are types of females that do incredibly well. Like I did physics. You'll meet those types of females yep. who go and do those subjects. But the types of females who are the average females are, are not physics. And the sort of women who do well as Instagram influencers. They're not coders. It's no. it's. Uh, I, I do meetings, which um, okay. That's that's great if you can make it productive. That's fantastic. But if you're in the bottom forty of one thousand five hundred people doing sales, you didn't do well. <laughs> like you, I'm sorry, you, you you presumably failed. Well, you did. They fired you. So there we are. And um, I, I'm just I'm just sick of not saying it. So I thought I'd say it because I did keep noticing it in all of the videos. And maybe there's a bias in there because it's obviously TikTok videos yeah. and people uploading <laughs> endlessly their lives, which are kind of mundane um, because they don't do anything. But there we are. Um, there were a lot of uh, responses in this. I'm not going to include them for the sake of time. But there were some responses that were quite funny of women who work in retail who were just like, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool that your day in the life does nothing. Here's the day in my life of working two jobs. See, that's what I was trying to emphasize. Like These are the, the you know, upper middle class, attractive, youthful, educated women who actually Get don't, do any, yeah, who actually don't do any work. Yeah, they're not productive. Like if we're looking at females in the tech industry, there's those who can code and are cool and obviously productive. There are like girl bosses who can be productive. And then there are these. And overwhelmingly these people are not men. These these seem like the sort of vanity employees. Yeah. You know, I did it for me. I'm it's all about me. You know, look at me. And it's like, okay, well, it's not really about you. I mean, we haven't got snapshots of everyone who was fired from Twitch, but to be honest, um, I have my suspicions <laughs> about the type yeah. of people who are employed to be vanity um things so just to be clear there are lots of women who are not like vanity employees um it's just these also, women these women aren't them there are also a lot of women that are. Yeah. so yeah. the ones who aren't vanity employees don't get fired because they're working but anyway that's all i'm trying to get out with that but there we are um although i did notice finally after all of these layoffs well two years of them and two years of people being like i do nothing all day and now i'm fired turns out the valley girls weren't actually a core component of our <laughs> business model yeah but if you go up and look tech day in my life on tiktok for example you will notice um, there are videos for people doing that or getting fired or whatnot. And some of them are productive, some of them aren't. But what's interesting is the year, the date. You cannot find, oh God, go away, TikTok, uh, modern date videos, so like 2024, of loads of women who are those influencer types who do nothing existing anymore. Hmm. It seems they actually were purged from the rosters, which, I mean, after like a 35% cut in all of the tech industry's employees, not surprised. But there girls go. most effective. effective. Yeah, that's that's the end of the tech vibes. It, the area is over. It's it's gone. Oh no. <laughs> Let's move on. Right. Okay. So we are going to talk about the new self-destructive law of Western politics and Western culture. So we were just having such a good time firing all the Valley girls from Silicon Valley. Yes, but <laughs> we need to bear the whole in mind. So basically. It seems to me that uh, Western politics at the moment is completely self-destructive. Yeah. And uh, I think that people are noticing that a lot of people are afraid to say so. Mm -hmm. And the question is whether they will admit it when it's too late or not. So that's, that's a really big question that I ponder about. And 
I don't know if I'm optimistic about it or not. I'm a natural optimist, but on this, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> My instinct says that it's a it's an issue. So basically, I want to say that wokeness is weakness. It's a symptom of decline, mm -hmm. and the global order is declining for some time now. We have the emergence of a multipolar world, and this means that we are in front of a tragic situation. We will have rise in wars, a rise in ethnic conflicts, and also a really weird movement in the West that says we should be more sensitive and less war-averse and less whatever. Yeah. So basically, it seems to me that we are looking uh, forward to a really um, weird, a really bad century where there's going to be lots of warfare. And uh, the sooner we wake up into that reality, the better able we will be to defend ourselves. Now, speaking of warfare, you can check out our website for the latest symposium, symposium number 53, The Art of War, that uh, Carl Josh and myself, uh, Carl Josh and I discussed about Sun Tzu's uh, text and uh, The Art of War. And just remember that with £5 a month, you can gain access to all our premium content. So I think that's a good deal. Check it out. Right, so let's move forward and uh, say that it seems to me that we are going to do a tour throughout the Western world through several countries, not all of them, there are many, but we're going to make a tour and show that essentially what is being going on is that the weakness of the Western camp has contributed to the West losing the role of an exemplar. So when you have a superpower that basically is the global hegemon, People look up to it, not necessarily because they, they respect the culture behind it, but people respect power. And if a particular culture, what? It's proper like Uga Booga Bray, but it is true. It's like, there's yeah. a reason he's in charge. Yeah, I've got to like, find out what that is. It's also like, you know, remember the movies with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, where they say, you know, everyone respects the badge. Yeah, like I'm an orc who's just like yeah. the biggest. He's so, the exactly. So when you have powerful players, people look up to them. If Yes. Not for any other reason because they're powerful. But when this power is declining, a lot of people throughout the world, especially the non-Western world, are not going to look upon the, let's say, the current woke West with a multiplicity of genders and all this stuff. They're going to look in, uh, to their past and their history and they're trying to dig up their, their uh, insights from how to live there. So this means that with illegal migration, we are going to have a West of people who are going to be in favor of wokeness or not, but uh, a lot a, a weak West and a lot of people in the non-Westerners non who m migrate to the West who are going to be essentially more vocal about them being anti-Western. Let's just look at the next clip here from, from Times Square, New York City. We can have some... Let me just say this. Let me just put it here. Can we just um, talk about the iconography there of them doing that in front of a massive American flag and all of the adverts of capitalism behind it? So they, they love living in America. They love taking advantage of everything that America provides. And they just really love the freedom they have to go, no, I hate this country. It's like, no, you don't. You love this country. That's why you live there. 
You, that's why you wear all the things you do. You buy all the things you buy. The work you work in the place you work. Right. This this is all again an aesthetic to you. Can we talk about the specifics of this particular protest that is yeah. hilarious? Because of course they're there with Palestinian flags. Yeah. And seeing foreigners obsess over Palestine when they don't know where it is, that's sort of normal at this point. It's kind of the background radiation of, of immigration. But Yemen. Yeah, I mean, they don't know what that is. <laughs> they don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I mean, I know that meme is a meme at this point where someone's like, I'm sick of being an expert on Israel. I'm going to be an expert on Yemen. But it's so true. When you yeah. see these people, it's like, come on. None of you know where Yemen is. Yes. And I, I want to say that uh, this shows a cultural myopia on the part of uh, people on the West, especially the progressive and globalist side. They are constantly trying to interpret everything through the through concepts that have been used and extracted from Western history. So, for instance, we constantly talk, listen to them, talking about uh, fascism, anti-fascism, communism, all kinds of isms coming from Western history, and they are neglecting the fact that we are not talking about the Western world here. So the same categories do not apply in the same way. But also, you arrest a single one of these for protesting, they're screaming about human rights. Yeah. It's like, sorry, how do human rights hold up in Palestine or Yemen? Well, it's human rights for some people. Yes. Not human rights for other people. It's yeah, not human yeah. rights for the slaves so, of the Yemenis. Yeah. So calling for the demise of the countries that host uh, illegal migrants has basically become the norm in the West. Let's see this thing from here. Let's oh, we'll have the... <laughs> Do we listen to what they're chanting. No, I want to expose you to the torture. Well, native British culture. I want these people here. Yeah, but just observe the the difference and how the left treats it. They constantly talk about bad Western tribalism, but generally speaking, they they don't think that such behavior doesn't show any tribalistic, uh, has no tribalistic aspect into it. Yeah. But I want to, I want to show you this video, how I'll have it playing here on, um, on mute. And, uh, it's Birmingham. I, I think so. Uh, it says it's the, basically it's the UK. We'll, we'll let it play and we'll just say several things. So it seems to me that it's very important to understand how the, I need a sense of that. <laughs> Guy getting beaten on a stick, just yeah. YouTube okay. probably requires. Let, let's okay. Let, let me. No, just... no, no. It's fine. It's fine. We'll... Okay. I mean, the, the 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 video was called Street Fighter, so it will have uh, stuff. Anyway, so sh should I just pause it? No, no. It's fine. We'll, we'll just cover it on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what I want to say is that it seems to me that illegal migration for the left right now is what, in a sense, the proletarian worker was. In the 1850s, yep. essentially for the left, the, there are two kinds of people. Their supporters and those who do not support them. Their supporters can only do good. They have zero responsibility for anything bad. And if they're caught in anything bad, it's the, it's the system's failure. Yep. It's a system's problem. And when it comes to, the, to those who do not support them, it is always bad things that they're responsible for. Yep. And to the extent that they do good things, they only do it because they are, they are not going to get away with it. So now the, the left has lost, in a sense, the native working class of 
the population of Western countries, and they want the mix, a uh, different mix of the population. Mm -hmm. That is why they're so much in favor of illegal migration, and okay. they constantly uh, push forward that agenda. And if you look at it, structurally speaking, it is the same. When you're talking about the groups that they are claiming to protect, the groups whose characteristics are protected within quotation marks and stuff, they literally portray them as people who cannot do wrong. Yes. Anything bad they do, it's internalized whiteness, internalized westerners, things like that. And frankly, it gets a bit boring, but if it weren't that dangerous, we would just say, anyway, we have here, should we also... Depends if anyone dies or gets seriously no, no, injured. No, no one dies <laughs> or gets injured. Here we have... Uh, Chicken shop in London. Machete fighting. Someone uses... Chairs are used like shields as well as spears that are hurled towards the opponent. Anyway, this is London in 2024. Right. We have here Milan. Um, again, chair fighting. Yeah. It's an ancient art. Truly one that yeah. is... Rich. Anyway, we have all sorts of. Um, oh, well, they're fighting, fighting over. Yeah. Like, what, what is the grievance on either side? You know. Let, we'll get there in a moment, but I don't know. Was anger expressed this way? I mean, don't get me wrong. Sure. I, I, I've heard stuff. Uh, I've heard stuff about hooligans fighting each other. Yeah, yeah but, you can find pictures. You can find videos yeah. of hooligans from like the eighties and nineties throwing chairs at each other. Yeah, but it. I, I, I'm sure it wasn't on that scale. Well, fewer machetes involved. Fewer machetes, yeah. Some, some of them were quite large. Right, round it to the number of machetes in an average British fight in the 70s. Well, zero. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say fewer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so let us go to Ireland now and talk about our, the Irish police yeah. is now physically attacking native Irish people who oppose the forced settlement of 160 asylum seekers in the only hotel in Roscree, a small Irish town. Unworthy scenes. Now, I want to say that uh, several sources cite different numbers, but the issue here is that we see a kind of uh, brutality. Sorry, you can only imagine what's going through the policeman's head. It's like, no, this is a, it's an immigrant hotel now, Irishman. Ow. So basically, I want to show you here from the Irish Independent, yep. uh, Racket Hall Hotel protest, child asylum seekers upset. At clashes following standoff with the Garde says minister. <laughs> got a bus full of six-year-olds <laughs> were crying, were they? Well, are we really meant to believe that. It's just well, six-year-olds are standing outside with their beer and their fags. <laughs> essentially, this is what um, their teddy the, was dropped underground. <laughs> this is essentially what the minister of uh, immigration and integration was saying. And you know, let, let's see what happened here a bit. People had been protesting since last Thursday after it was announced that Racket Hall Hotel was to be used as an accommodation center. And there was a public order uh, unit deployed on Monday and cordon formed as bus dr drove in. So we have here an integration minister called Roderick O'Gorman who said that child asylum seekers were upset at scenes of protesters clashing with the police as they were moved into an accommodation center in Tipperary. This child is crying. Don't you want to pay billions for illegal immigrants? Why does uh, this child need billions? Well, there are many children. <laughs> it's not just one child. Uh, well, it says here, more than 200 people endured sub-zero temperatures overnight and vowed to maintain their protest against the placement of up to 160 asylum seekers in the 
town's only hotel. The decision to bring the 17 men, women, and children into the property has sparked a five-day round-the-clock protest outside Racket Hall. So essentially, we see here again, Ireland again is being hit by the yeah. woke uh, agenda. But this is this is extreme because, I mean, this... You know when you hear someone who's very anti-cop and they'll say something like, the police won't stop and not do a holocaust? Well, in this case, we see the police, the Irish police, will literally in this case, replace the locals by force. They will literally force you out of the way from trying to stop them doing it. And don't care. It's not even they Which, don't care. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, like, your point's fantastic. I'd love to get into the mind of the police officers doing this. I mean, how can you not immediately just be like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go be an accountant or something. because this, this is guy's not even for diversity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you'd stick around. Well, they, they pathologize them as racist. Uh, yeah. And you will see that the notion of the far right is constantly being weaponized and constantly being brought about by the Irish officials. So he says, my understanding is from talking to my officials that they are settling in, but it was a difficult enough experience. Children were upset at seeing the scuffles, experiencing the violent tension as they arrived. He said he is the minister of integration. And he also said. He added, I think we also recognize there are people who are traveling around the country, far-right activists who are looking to stir up anti-immigrant sentiment. You see, sorry, I'm just fed up with the constant um, appeal to sentiment. You know, there is some people who are upset. Well, there are a lot of people who are upset with mass migration and its bad effects. Don't they count? No. Because the only true citizens are the activists, the immigrants who have arrived. But the native Irish, well, I mean, you know, for their, for the, for the colonial empire that Ireland once endured, no, wait, that no, that is correct. I meant to say once ran, uh, the Irish being punished. Of course, that didn't happen. But this is the same excuse you see everywhere. I've I've seen people saying that oh, the Irish can't complain about immigration considering how many Irishmen immigrated. It's like, you know, wait, what what famine are you going through exactly? Yeah, it's not the same, is it? Ireland isn't the vast, untamed wildernesses of America, for example. Anyway. Uh, but uh, I want to say that uh, the word far right is constantly used. And uh, let, let us just remember the um, Minister of Justice, Helen McKenty, who constantly talks about the far right, mm. talking about it. Because uh, if you remember, the Ireland has passed a an, uh, hate speech bill. It constantly talks about, um, it inflates how many characteristics stand as protected and constantly says that a lot of uh, instances of speech count as hate speech mm-hmm. and constantly they refer to the far right. But someone asked her to define what she means. Let it just look Great at question. what she said. Could you give me a definition of what you consider is the far right? In terms of a de- definition of the far right, I mean, it's 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 obviously a, political ideology or it's a particular view that a person has um I, i'm not sure there is a definition it's not so it's a, a little bit like hate well it's a little bit yeah like so it's not can a, we get, it's, it's so not i think a, we need to define what it is you have a limited amount of time if you interrupt the minister okay. you're going to run out of time so just okay. let her answer the question thank you I, I think what we see from a lot of people who would claim to be far right, which is not a crime uh, for somebody to have a particular ideology, it's where they act on maybe certain uh, matters, but uh, we have seen people to be anti-government, anti-state, anti-immigration, uh, anti-women's uh, rights, uh, amongst other things. That would be my own 
particular view uh, of those who would claim to be far right. So basically, she's a minister of justice in a government that constantly uh, weaponizes the media to spread the message that the far right is rising. And she can't even define it. Yeah. And she says, uh, she even said at some point, the far right is anti-government. Yeah, based. Anyway, she makes the far right sound brilliant. The far right are a sensible position, according to her definition there. And I'm sure if we look into the history of the concept, the far right was very much anti-government. The far right does not mean Nazi or fascist. Because she would, of course, not be in any way shy of being like the Nazis and fascists. You know, there is no way on earth some lefty liberal type is going to be like, well, I don't want to accuse someone of being a fascist. No, it's just not accurate. And she knows it's not accurate. That's the thing. So what the far right, they are anti-government, anti-immigration, anti-feminism, right? So they're normal people. Got it. Right. That's it. Normals. Non-political, normal people who are like, why are you screwing with all of this? And that's what they are. I want to end with uh, Yuval Noah, Noah Harari talking about Trump and the, uh, as being the final death blow to the world order. And also, I want you to pay atten close attention to at what he says about a false dilemma somewhere. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. And if Oof. it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he, says it, and he says it openly. Now, again, it should be clear that many of these politicians, they present a false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? That's good. It's only because it keeps happening. Like, you must take these foreign terrorists and you can't deport them because of global reasons. Well, I don't know. I, I'm going to side with the Patriots and say, get out. Yeah. I mean, it is a dichotomy. Hang on a second. Are you loyal to your country and not the WEF? Like, what does That's... he mean? Like, how could you be a patriot but also be like, yes, of course, uh, God praise the UN, so I will take a billion Africans, so of course, of course. But like... you can be just as patriotic towards your country as the global government that is destroying your country. But, but there is, a, there is a also another issue here. I, I, I am definitely someone who is always skeptic of the way dilemmas are presented, yeah. but this, this isn't... A mistaken dilemma. No, this is not yes. false. Yeah. I don't even know how you would re reconcile the two. There can be no globalist patriotism. Sorry, there can be oh, no, no you, globalist pa patriotism. You you could be patriotic for a globalist government, yeah, but that would put you in contradiction to being patriotic for a nationalist government. That simple. And anyway, just it seems to me that uh, this also shows a the communication of a message to the general public that you don't have to take sides. Not even in one side is your own country. Yeah, okay, let me change that. You have to take sides with us. <laughs> End of story. But what I love, what I love about this is that, oh, I think it's very likely Trump's going to win. I also think it's very likely that the current liberal global order will be destroyed. Brilliant. What a fantastic and ringing endorsement of Trump. Like, everyone else is off the ballot now. Sorry, it's just Trump, and it's Trump all the way down. Sorry. Right. No, you Nuval Harari has, has, has made a great point about Trump. Go vote for him. He's going to ruin the web. Right. And on, Sorry, I think it's brilliant. On that note, I think we can go to the Vox Pops. Uh, do you want to pass the mouse and stuff? Oh, sure. Sorry. Other stuff, not just Vox Pops. Um, but yeah, so um, Jess, our roving reporter, has been out on the street. 
uh, asking people what they think of representation, uh, specifically for blacks and gays. There were a few others, but I wanted to keep it fairly narrow. It's quite long. But, um, but let's watch the video. Hi, my name is Jess, and this is the podcast of the Lotus Eaters. Today I'm in Shoreditch asking people what percent of the country they believe are black and gay. Is what percent of the UK do you think are black? Maybe like, I want us to say 50 maybe, or what do you think, 45? 45 maybe, 45 maybe just under 50. 45. This is actually 4%. Oh really? Stop. Oh my God. Of the black community in the UK, only 4%, is that what you 4% of the UK are black. No. Wow. <laughs> 10%. 4%. So 4%. So are we talking like they're English black or just the color black in general? Just black. All right, black. I'm going to go with like a solid 35% along the lines. It's 4%. Four? Yeah. You have me on. Can I see that? Yeah. Well, I just got the statistics. Yeah, the source message. Yeah. No um, way, it's just on the, it's on the census data, the 2021 census data. Take a guess. 30, 40%. No, I'm going to say 15%. I think 35%. 4%. Uh, I'd say like 13, 10% or something like that. Four percent. Four percent. Okay, I'm not surprised. A good forty-five percent. It is actually four percent. What? For real? <laughs> Why? I look dumb. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> not many people are getting it. Okay. What percent of the UK are gay? Okay, now you said this one. I'm gonna underestimate. Yeah, them. maybe like twenty percent. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve. Like 30. Yeah. yeah. One point five percent. Really? Oh. Okay, we're, we're, wow. We're um, I couldn't tell you honestly. An estimate would be same number, ten percent or something like that. Fifteen percent. One point five percent. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I was really off. Sixty yeah. percent. I'm gonna stick with fifteen percent as well. Um, Wait, it's no, thirty. Yeah, it's gonna be worse. Thirty percent. Oh really? Oh. No, no, it's not thirty percent. Thirty percent of the UK. Okay. I said sixty. Yeah. It's one point five percent. Oh. Thirty-five percent. One point five percent. Systematic and wrong. Thirty-five percent. One point five percent. Everyone I know is gay. <laughs> Okay, so judging by the last statistic and the fact that England's very conservative, I'm going to shoot down to like a maybe a 6%. Around 2%. 2 Okay. So why do you think your perceptions are actually higher than the reality? I, I, I I'm going to agree with what Yeah, you I think being in London. London yeah, yeah, and London's probably like, I mean, I'm from Birmingham originally. Um, London is like not 50%. Compared <laughs> here, not, especially not we like work right here and stuff, this is definitely one area where you see more diversity. So I think it depends on where you're around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Friendship groups and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's yeah. why there are so many black people in that friendship group. Uh, I'm not really educated on this. That's the main reason. But um, honestly, I don't know. I can't tell you. Really? It's because we go to an art school. <laughs> because I'm young, so things are different for yeah, my right. generation as opposed to older generations, and I'm not really taking them into account because yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> my bad. Also, I'm not from London. I'm from from Glasgow, so things are <laughs> different up there. <laughs> How do you think LGBTQ people and ethnic minorities are represented in the media? Uh, underrepresented, I'd say mainly, but. Um, not really in medias, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't say how they're represented, but I'd say very underrepresented, I'm assuming, yeah. 
Do you think gay, black and trans people are represented in the media enough? Absolutely no. not. No. No. Do you think there needs to be more representation compared to these statistics? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think you always need that. I think there's always more that you can do. And I think there's always somebody that feels like they're not probably being heard. There's just yeah. so many different people, you know, to please. You know, like, you can't please everybody, but there still needs... Voices need to be heard, Yeah, I think. More representation. Defin- yeah. 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 Do you think that ethnic minorities and LGBTQ plus people are properly represented in the media? No, no, I don't. What makes you say that? I mean, just, I mean, I don't follow the media that closely, but from what I've seen, it's underrepresented. Um, underrepresented. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know a lot about it, to be honest. So what about like movies like and TV so. shows? Yeah, I mean, I think it's improving. There's, um, there's definitely, it's, there's more of it. But, um, <laughs> definitely needs to do more. In like modern media, I would say it's like getting a lot better. Um, I've had some issues with like casting of LGBTQ roles where people haven't been in the community, but they're playing those roles anyway. But um, yeah, things are, they're getting better. They're not there yet, but um, I think the world is becoming a a lot more of an open-minded place, especially as like a university student, I find that people are a bit more open-minded. Yeah, I mean, England's very conservative and very terrible like that, so makes How do you think it's conservative? We're having conservative government right now, and it's just my parents are conservative, you know. I'm Do you not, think they're against gay people? They're against me, so yeah. Really? I'm bisexual, so yeah, they're not happy with that. How would you say they're against you? I just don't think it's the normal procedure in terms of marriage, in terms of, you know, what you're expected to achieve. Sorry, I'm pretty easy. In terms of what you're expected to achieve, you know, white picket fence, 2.4 kids, electric car, house in the country, that sort of stuff. They don't think... Um, Gay people, gay people at least will necessarily achieve that. There's the whole natural angles, all that sort of stuff. It's just they're not really open to new ideas. Well, I think we're right, in the, you can still do that. Like, <laughs> where we are now, I think, is a really big transitional moment for people right. because, like, especially our generation and maybe, like, the generation just below, our parents or grandparents would have had one way of thinking. We're only kind of, like, making those moves and those, those transitions now. So it's a yeah, real it's mix, a big I'd shift say. Yeah, now. Yeah. Into the future, Callum. Moving into the 50% gay and black Britain. I just, what is there to say about that? I mean, the public are retarded. I, ju- I just <laughs> want you to really hate democracy. At this yeah. Point. Right. We were discussing before yeah. we went live. It's yeah. like the, there's that Churchill quote. The, yeah. the, best, the best argument against democracy is a five minute conversation with the average voter. Well, that was a five minute conversation with the average voter. How do you feel about democracy, Stelios? This is your fault. You're Greek. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Athens must burn. And, yeah, billions and, must perish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? Well, um, uh, <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. What's just this? People being systematically wrong about everything. <laughs> it's just another day ending in why. But imagine being, okay, you, you, you're asked a question about how many black people are. You're very, very wrong. Yeah. And then you're asked one about gay people. Where do you think that's going? You go with, again, 50% of the public are gay. Well, no, a bunch of them were like, oh, I'm going to underestimate it, like 20%. It's like, <laughs> Still completely mess yeah. it up. Like, what kind of civilization could exist where a fifth of the people don't have children? But then you've been proved wrong demonstrably and hugely twice in a row. You're still being filmed, and then you're asked, do you think they're underrepresented? Oh, yeah. And you think half the country is gay and black, but you still think there's not enough gay and black people in the media. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, they, the, the programming just kicks in. Well, oh, yeah, well, obviously, we need more representation. It's like, for who? 
Like, I mean, we'll go through some stats now, in fact. So Matt Goodwin uh, apparently uh, saw a poll and was like, apparently when uh, Brits were asked to guess the level of immigration, the average estimate was 70,000. God, I wish. Most wishful thinking public on earth. No, it's 700,000 net, obviously. There's a theme here. So yeah, people have no idea how many people are coming to the country. But there's a theme of being about 10 times off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? 30% of the public are black. I know it's 3%. Yeah. You know. 35% of the public gain is 1.5%. Like, 35 percent of the public are gay. Just can you? Ten times over the representation. It, crazy, right? So I thought we'd just um, go through a few actual statistics, just in case you were curious about what the real numbers were, right? So when it comes to, say, Shoreditch, uh, you remember they're like, oh, well, there's... Because uh, you know, I live in London. 50% blacks. I live in London. Shoreditch is 13% black. Shoreditch isn't like the majority black area or half black area. Like it's twenty seven percent English. Like so, so, what are you talking about? You didn't have any black friends. There? You said, "Oh no, everyone I know is black and gay." Oh, are they really? Because actually, it turns out that only three percent of gay pe- uh, of London are gay. So that is don't get me wrong. That it is double. That is a gay mecca, right? But obviously, a gay mecca is still basically nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the population. Uh, in fact, you know, like overall, obviously. There were only 18.3% on the census that called themselves non-white. So, not including Europeans, obviously. 80, including Europeans, 81.7% of the residents of England and Wales were white. So, that's going to be millions of French and Germans and Romanians and whatever. But, um, but if that's if you're doing, well, how many you know, black people are there? 35%, 40%, it's like 45%. It's like, what are you talking about? Where could you have found... This impression of Britain. Where could you go? Well, to... It's not where you live. Yeah. Debunk that. It's literally not around you. It's literally not in your friend group. It's literally not on the statistics. Where could you be going? The answer is, of course, television. This is a 2020, I couldn't find a more recent one, uh, report by the Creative Diversity Network. And in this, on page seven, I'm not going to bother finding it. Um, they say that 31.6% of scripted roles go to non-white people. Why do you think 30% of the country is black? Because 30% of the things you see on TV, the people you see on TV are black. Hmm. That's why. I, wonder, I, I should have looked up the percentage that were gay as well, actually. I didn't even think about it. Um, but they... Ah, <laughs> uh, no, there's no gays in media, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all in the Conservative Party. Um, but uh, yeah, no, so this, this is... Uh, massively overrepresented, nearly twice as many uh, than there are in the country. Okay, that's very interesting. And so it shouldn't be too terribly surprising that, of course, half of TV viewers, of my ethnic minorities, are actually overrepresented. YouGov did a poll. 44% were like, well, I mean, LGBT and ethnic minorities are a bit more overrepresented than in the general population, weren't they? Uh, 26% of Britons thought they were underrepresented, which you just saw being interviewed on the street. Um, but yeah, the 44% believe that they're massively over, uh, overrated, overrepresented, which, and they did this survey in a bunch of countries. And this, Britain was the country with the highest number of people with this view out of France, Italy, Spain, Chile, the United Arab Emirates, and Australia. I imagine in Chile, United Arab Emirates, and possibly Italy, uh, these sort of overrepresentations aren't quite as common as they are here. Like our advertising and media industry is obsessed with diversifying our TV. And that's what they've done. 
Weirdly. So, oh, sorry. Well, uh, sorry, let me no, just no, no, ask no. you. 44% believe that uh, LGBT people are more represented on screen than in the they should be, yeah. And uh, what what about the other 56%? Is it... Well, tw- 25, uh, 26% uh, thought they were underrepresented. And I guess the other ones were don't know or, you know... Roughly. So the majority doesn't say that they are uh, overrepresented, uh, that underrepresented. Uh, no, only only a quarter of people say they're underrepresented. Okay. So they, again, these are the problem. Uh, but what's really interesting is that most British people believe that obese people were underrepresented on TV. <laughs> 60% of people had that view. on planes. <laughs> yeah. I'm fatter than these people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah. why do you want to see why do you want to see fatties on TV? <laughs> Don't you see them in real life? <laughs> Aren't you born yourself? Like at least that makes sense, right? Yeah. You could be like, well, you know, I see a lot of gays on TV because they're quite rare. And so like funny unicorns or something. <laughs> but if you want to see the amount of obese people perfectly represented on British TV screens, I mean we are the fattest country in Europe for a reason. Yeah. I've got those numbers too. Twenty-five point nine percent of adults in England were obese, and a, th- a further so adding on to this, thirty-seven point nine are overweight. So the majority of people in this country are fat. Just go outside if you want to see fat representation. For Christ's sake, look in the mirror. It's probably you. <laughs> I know it's me. <laughs> okay, well, I don't need to see it on TV. <laughs> Uh, and in 2017, a survey of 500 big companies found marketing departments were so worried about being labeled as bigoted, they prioritized diverse, diversity in their advertising. And that's why this looks like it does. But what's also interesting, in February 2023, well, the advertising industry were like, yeah, they're massively overrepresented in the adverts. So it's in the TV programs and the adverts, and we have the numbers, right? So <clears throat> a 2022 census uh, found that uh, 55% of the employees in the sector were women compared to the 45% who were men. Uh, and uh, there was, I do have, no, I don't have the ethnic minority data because I forgot to write it down. But of course, that's, uh, oh, sorry, the non-white ethnic groups apparently were 18%. So that's actually relatively accurate. But I don't, I'm not sure that actually means on-screen uh, No, that's people in the sector. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you're actually casting the thing, well... We need to have a black on screen. We need a woman on screen. We need a gay on screen. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of rice. I thought I'd written it down because I did get it up when I was doing research for this. But if your advert only consists of three people, suddenly half the country is yeah. <laughs> black and gay. Oh, no, sorry. No, no. Sorry. They've gone up to 24% from 18% last year. So, yes, they are overrepresented. But what's really interesting, right, is that this um, was done by the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising. Do you want to know what the director of that institute, Paul Bainsfair, had to say about this? He loves it. There was more work to do on diversity, as women still only just Massively get over one third of ex- uh, they, 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 uh, yeah. they only Massively get- overrepresented. There's more work to do. <laughs> it's because they only get a third of executive jobs in the ad industry, while non-white individuals Ugh. only occupy 11% of those roles, right? Uh, he says... These latest results represent a much healthier pace of improvement than in previous years and demonstrate our concerted collective efforts to improve diversity and inclusivity in our industry are beginning to pay off. This is why they never state their goal, the kind of uh, representation yeah. they want, because it's never enough. No, no, there's nothing. There's, there's no such thing as enough because they don't have an end target. Have you seen that Wikipedia article that's blown up? Or it's like systems theory or whatever. Yeah. It's like the end result of a system is its intended purpose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've been through the uh, response to George Floyd 
that was the data there of hiring in executive roles, yeah. which is the, I think it was, what was it? Like 4% of positions went to white men in the following mm-hmm. year, even though they're like 80% of the public or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, 40% of the United States public. And so the end result of this is exactly the purpose, which is we just want less white men. Get rid of them. Yeah. I mean, eventually white women, of course, then the straights. Yeah. So a fifth, uh, just under a fifth of the public are non-white, but they make up a quarter of the advertising. They make up a third of television. They are massively overrepresented in all of the media people consume. And despite not really standing around with any black people, they're like, yeah, well, half the country's black, isn't it? It's because that's half the advertising screen. That's half the TV. That's what they see. They see them on TV all the time because they've been artificially pushed into these positions in a non-representative fashion. Well, there we are. Let's go to the video comments. Good morning, everyone. This is my Monday morning. Looks chilly. So, looks like I'm not going to be able to go into work for the next couple of days before you northerners say oh that's not that much snow please understand that we don't get snow at all so when I, we do get it we like to milk it where are you yeah you forgot to tell us where you yeah. were so that's sort of difficult but uh, i do love that concept though because it's there's the snow places which can deal with snow yeah right heavily snows in russia not a problem everything's running yeah, I assume it's the same in Canada. Canada and Norway and Sweden. And then there's like Britain, where if we have a couple of millimeters, the train service just stops. They're just like, well, this is unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Literally can't run. So, yeah, let's go to the next one. Hey, Carl. So to answer your question about people who deserve statues today that don't really have any, mm-hmm. I'd like to propose Ernest Hemingway, American author, all-around badass guy, first American injured in World War One. So people are trying to claim he's a socialist now, which I think is interesting. But in any case, him or how about Chris Kyle, the guy from American Sniper, um, exemplary uh, Navy SEAL? What do you reckon? Who should right-wingers put up statues to? I mean, I want one of Donald Trump personally. Yeah. Trump statue, great idea. Um, Bukele in El Salvador, he deserves a statue. I'd love to have Trump, um, you know that moment when we shook hands over the DMZ? I'd love to have a huge one of that, personally. <laughs> North Korea boo here. No, but it, it represents also that era of peace. Yeah. Uh, I, like A lot of people have been sharing that footage recently, because it's just like, man, you remember when the foreign policy just worked? Yeah. When we you know, waved our dick about as the United States, and we're like, look, anyone of you starts anything, we're going to beat the crap out of you. And everyone shut up and played ball, whereas now... Just constant warfare. I do think a giant golden statue of Trump would be great. Yeah. It's really great. I mean, I saw some European reposting the... This with a thumb up. Mount Rushmore thing. They're like, this is super weird. I'm like, no, there's not enough of that. Like, frankly, Mount Rushmore is amazing. Yeah. And there should be way more of them. <laughs> so. Who'd you put up a statue to? I have no idea. See, this is the problem with the right. The left is erecting statues left, right, and center. Like they're constantly putting up statues. <laughs> it's like the, the missile gap. The no, statue no, it gap. literally is. It literally <laughs> is, right? They're putting up statues of George Floyd, a man who robbed a pregnant woman at gunpoint. Yeah. And you're like, I can't think of a person that's put up. So, dude, anyone. Anyone will do. <laughs> like, like, literally at this point. Just a random guy. We no, don't even ask where his politics are. We Elon, just, Elon Musk, Bukele, <laughs> Bolsonaro, Malay, anyone. Anyone. God damn, I, I want them, them to actually do, do what they have been elected for. Yeah, well, Bukele arrested yeah, like every just, gang member. Every yeah, gang no, member I, I don't disagree with it. I'm just Boom. thinking of the West, of the, the yeah. other yeah, yeah. countries. I just want them to do act something first. 
Sure, so but like, let, we can choose do some, some work first and then we'll talk about statues. But we could choose someone who has done some work and erect their statue, right? So I was thinking about this. Like, Genuinely, this is a thing I daydream about a lot hmm. because you have the award ceremonies that exist and they're all pointless because it's just weird, right? Uh, some old journalists liked your film, so they invited you to come and get an award. And they're all kind of stupid. And we have like a few that people respect, like the Oscars or the Golden Globes. Respect is a strong word. Wouldn't it be great if instead a few of us learned how to make copper or stone statues, made them really well, and then awarded them like an award ceremony to right-wing politicians who do fantastic jobs? That'd be great. And it's just like, yeah, this year's award goes to Bikaley for... Another Bolsonaro one. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bolsonaro, we, we build a massive one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just like, do you want it? We'll ship it. I mean, as an award ceremony, that'd be way more interesting than Golden Globes. If only we had billionaire backing. Well, I, I mean, there's like one guy who is a billionaire, could probably use a statue that we just mentioned. We'll build a statue to you, give us some money. Yeah. <laughs> the next one. Jonathan Crow, reach out to me. You should know the website, and if you don't, remind him, Callum. Yes, we are making a game, and it'd be really great to have a really good voice actor like you on board. Yeah, and if you want to get that website, that's blackpeoplemeet.com. For <laughs> <laughs> the next one. <laughs> hey, Lotus Eaters, this is the uh, manner speaking. Uh, I've been tired the last couple of days because this happened. <laughs> oh wow! One of my ooze just decided to give birth on Saturday night at two in the morning. Uh, I happened to just be on making my rounds, having a wee nip and enjoying myself, and I came upon a little few extras in my flock. Oh, and boy, are they ever cute! I hope you enjoy. Uh, I have been retrofitting the barn to get them ready for them, and they are just the cutest thing. Thought I'd share. That's like awesome. It. Definitely share more cute animals with us. All right, let's go to the Rick Gobbins. Citizen philosopher Detroit says, Here in America, we have a program called No Student Left Behind. And the visible result of it when I was in school was that crappy students were rammed through with passing grades anyway, so they don't get held behind. But I mean, it's doing what it promised, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, again, this <laughs> is the, theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The intention of the system is what it does. Um, this is the result of that. The competency crisis is in full swing, lads. Become as competent as you can in as many fields as you can. Yeah, I agree. Um, George says, getting rid of these HR parasites in tech companies is a good thing, but I personally want to see the Anita Sarkeesian room in Google HQ filled with cleaning supplies. Uh, I'm, I'm just really glad that it's come to this point, to be honest. It's like, yeah, you, you, you were just a, a leech, really. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> with the really hardworking tech nerd, right? I, I think that guy is the backbone of everything that we have here and what we're doing, right? And then the girl gamers turned up. Yes, right? <laughs> Like, I they, play Candy Crush. I was like, it's, mm. yeah, you probably do all day in your meetings because you literally do no goddamn work. Well, this guy's like, no, I'm going to make this thing function. That's the guy who deserves all the money. There's and, and a statue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, let's there, get a statue. There's your idea Gamer. for a statue. Punched <laughs> over gamer nerd who makes the internet run. A Wozniak, just just one of Wozniak. <laughs> who who? The guy who's founded Apple. Oh, Steve right, Jobs. right, right. Steve Jobs is like the, the yeah. cool looking guy. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't actually just this fat bastard who made everything actually work. Perfect. I want to send you to that guy. You know, that guy's the reason we exist. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, uh, California refugee says tech sex to layoff, women most affected. <laughs> and it's, it's Baron von Walk says it seems like these tech companies have remembered they are not social clubs or adult daycares. But they instead are heartless mega corporations hell bent on getting as much cash as possible. God, I wish I want to return to the era of the sort of you know Rockefeller, Ford, heartless capitalist 
just money. I just want money at all costs because that at least you can deal with, right? You're like, okay, well, look at my numbers. Look at the numbers are up. Numbers are all good. I work hard to get the numbers. Numbers good. You get money. You you let me stay on your platform. Everything fine. Not the 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 girl boss era of it's oh, problematic. You know, it's problematic. We're gonna have to monetize you and t- take down your channel and all that sort of stuff. I I want the heartless, ruthless capitalist back. It is a a good thought experiment, to be fair. Which is that. In fact, who was worse, the United Fruit Company or Google? Because at least the United Fruit Company was cooing other countries and not harming the United States. And at least you knew they were evil. Yeah, it's like, you know, he's, he's pissing off foreigners, but at least he doesn't piss where he works. Baron von Warhawk actually does go on to add, I'd rather the evil gra- money-grabbing company than the evil company that won't shut up about how nice it is in a smug. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Uh, Arizona Desert Rats uh, says, if you have the highest activity on your team, but haven't met your performance goals, what does that say about the rest of your team? What does that say about your activity? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, just, like if, if, if you're putting in, like, oh man, I, I do like 100 hours a week, but you get no deals. Yeah. Okay. And the rest of the team are like, well, we do 40 hours a week and we've got two or three deals. And you know, it's like, well, the problem's you. Uh, Captain Kirk Shagging Aliens says, these people genuinely expect everyone to take care of them while they themselves do nothing of note, whether it's the government or some tech company or their husbands, remember? Uh, no wonder so many of them are activists, probably the only part of their sad lives that gives them any meaning. Uh, the autist overlord says, I think the layoffs are a small taste of what's to come. Companies hired way too many people during the pandemic based on artificial stimmy check demand, and now that demand has cooled off, we're seeing layoffs. Have a backup plan ready. This is going likely going to be widespread. Well, you could always make sure that your backup pr- plan is actually doing work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of difficult otherwise. Yeah. like that. That I mean, you should make that your primary plan, I would say. Um, but you. Got- Sorry. No, there you go. I've got this one thing in mind because I, um, obviously there's a female focus there yeah. on the, the type of women who are getting fired here. And I want to find, because you, you showed me a while back where this guy from Google who had been working there for five years or something, he got a team of Indians working with him who got degrees in Delhi and then turned up and actually have no idea what the hell they're doing. Oh, wow, really? So Degree I, from Delhi is the remember the story. <laughs> uh, Yes. So he would he would do the work for them, yeah. and then he'd get them to like pay them and stuff. And then he thought, this is pointless. Why am I doing? I could go do anything else in my life. Like I'm a really productive person, and he he makes loads of money doing it. So he buggered off. But on the way out, he wrote this memo telling everyone this. And he kept after he left, he, got, he kept getting messages from those Indians working at Google. How do I do being this? Like how do I do my job? Yeah. And obviously he just blocked them. Yeah. And in you, which you've case, got a degree from Delhi, bro. You know. Yeah. I mean the the male version of that is the corrupt person who just you know bought the degree and then turned up at Google and got paid six figures. Yeah. I'd love to see that version of it, but sadly, they don't do TikTok. Yep. So. The French tech bro says, software companies have become bloated by hiring too many managers, HR and DEI, and marketing folks. There are two key people in software, the tech guy who writes it and the sales guy who sells it. Uh, yeah, it's like the uh, what, what we need is the handshake between the fat nerd guy and Patrick Bateman, basically. Right? It's like, no, we make the world go round. You know? <laughs> So my, my feed on Facebook, I think I've told you before, is just full of like Dave Ramsey people who are in business or saving money. Yeah. And the business people, there was this one guy who came on and he said, yeah, I had this uh, idea at my company to figure out who was useless. So department by department for a week, he just made them all go home. Like he turned up and he was like, oh yeah, everyone from HR, go home. And the next week, he just said everyone from this other department, go home. Yeah. And the reason he did it, he lost a load of money that week. But it was to find out who was important. Who was actually making the money. Yeah. And like one of the departments he sent home, he realized everything ran perfectly. So he just went, right, you're all fired. Good. Saved himself loads of money. Yeah, so. um, 
But there's another phenomenon related to remote work. It has become very easy for people to do no work and take some take advantage of it, including tech people. Uh, where I'm employed, uh, where I'm employed, one guy hasn't done much for two years, and none of the managers dare fire him. So the managers aren't even doing their work. This is one of the reasons I'm really against working from home. Like, sorry, I know it'd be easier, but I know that I would do nothing. <laughs> so no. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean everyone would do nothing. Yes, it does. I don't think it. You would. measure it. Um, Vesta says AI is going to remove a huge amount of female jobs and rebalance the gender dynamics and bring back the patriarchy. Fair enough. The Crusader says, Carl talking about the vanity hires. In the old days, before our countries went full idiot, those women would have been at home raising the next generation of productive people. What a complete and utter waste. Correct. Uh, the Wigan Survivalist says, Howdy, gents. I'm finally back in Blighty from the Philippines. Uh, with regards to the t- Philippines, that must have been nice this time of year. I bet it's lovely all year round in the Philippines. Um, it's freezing, isn't it? You're sponsored by the Philippines. What was no, that? but I bet it's just... Like, I, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> My hands are freezing. <laughs> so all I'm doing is thinking, God, I wouldn't mind going to a nice hot country and working from home. <laughs> um, with regards to... <laughs> My hands are really cold. With regards to the Tech Vibe segment, I'm currently reading Aaron Clary's book, A World Without Men, an analysis of an all-female economy. And it's particularly spicy. Uh, I wonder if Carl or Dan would be interested to read it and do a lad's hour of brokenomics on it. And that sounds like a damn brokenomics thing, actually, I have to say. That sounds really good. Um... Risto, I can't pronounce that, says the tech sector is doomed. Uh, I don't know, actually. I think this is the rebirth of the tech sector into something that functions. Yeah? Like, yeah. now we don't have to worry about HR. Now we've got just snotty-nosed engineers making shit work. There was this, um, just bringing up my feed again, there was this other guy in the video I saw, which is fantastic, which is he interviewed someone who worked in corporate liquidation. Yep. And this guy, he was like, man, that must be a depressing job. And he was like, no, I love my job. Best job in the world. Because he turns up to somewhere like Google and just fires everyone who's useless. <laughs> and he knows that everyone else who's productive is pissed off about them. So yeah. they're just utterly relieved. And then what happens is the people who are productive, their productivity goes up in result. Yeah, as I well. bet it does. Because morale goes up. They're not wasting their time dealing with people who are just like, oh, I get up and then I have a drink and then I go to a meeting and then I have another drink and I go up with my friend. And I but get the dog then. I'm working all day. What are you doing? <laughs> but also those people aren't being henpecked by those women who are just like, well, he misgendered me over lunch. And you know, you don't yeah. get that anymore. Yeah. You know? Now you just get the sort of like more masculine environment that these people wanted to work in in the first place. I hope these people who have been laid off weren't laid off to make room for more woke people. Nah, no, no. I, I think it's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of all the contingencies. Vanity beliefs that I don't think they can afford. Um, and the shadow, ban, uh, the shadow ban says basically the same thing, which I'm just going to... Uh, skip because, of course, we covered it. Uh, Lord Nerevar says, you know the collapse society is upon us when the upper middle class Californiaite women are booed from their cushy adult daycare jobs for no reason other than being utterly useless. End of days, I tell ye. No, no, no. This was just, it was a, an inflation in the bubble that couldn't sustain because they do nothing productive. And so this is it going back to its natural size. I'm, a, I'm in favor, totally in favor. Anyway. George says, I thought that everyone in Street Fighter 6 being ugly diversity highs or hipsters was Capcom's usual woke shenanigans. Turns out they were going for realism. Even the si- even simulated the economic situation by making you pay more for the dodgy characters. I have not played Street Fighter 6. Like God only knows. Haven't either. You've seen Drucker's version of uh, Street Fighter? No. There was a fight that broke out in one of the refugee camps and it was between like 20 different ethnicities. Yeah. So he was just like, pick your character and made this wonderful graphic where it just went all the flags. And um, yeah, Afghans win. Hmm. Omar says, far right is such a broad and useless definition. I doubt they could even define themselves as being outside of it. 
Even if they do, it ends up sounding like some uh, sounding like when they define whiteness, implying blackness is every negative quality under the sun. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like when they define whiteness, isn't it? Um, Charlie says, regarding street fighting, you guys might be happy to hear that in Ireland of the weekend, a new political party has been established called the Farmers Alliance. They already have 40 candidates. <clears throat> it's following on from the Dutch Farmers Party. Some of their policies are they want an immediate crackdown crackdown on immigration to the country, abolishing of Green Party policies in agriculture industry, and I think they want to abolish the new hate speech law. It's not much, but it's a step in the right direction. Farmers will save the West if the West is going to be saved, I think. God willing, yeah. yeah. Total support of the Farmers Party over here. The country boys. Yeah, just I just want some Yorkshire farmers, but no. You don't get the reference. No. Do you remember when um, the Taliban took over and the head of the UK defences uh, came on Sky News yeah. to describe the Taliban? No. And he was just like, well, they're not corrupt. They're country boys. They're... <laughs> <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> That's a surprisingly positive endorsement of the Taliban. But when you think about it, it's like that just describes all rural people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Might be worth them taking over. So Olmi says, the chair fight's the most un-British thing I've seen, probably because you can't throw a Chesterfield. Uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not true. There's, there's definitely a long-storied English tradition of chucking plastic chairs while on holiday at Magaluf. Um, is in Chesterfield a sofa? Uh, or in Chesterfield's sofa? Probably, yeah, a big type of chair, basically. Okay. The uh, French Tech Bro says, large-scale fighting was not rare in France in my grandparents' times. It happens less now because villages rarely do parties it's not, and there's not as many young people. This is generally not a problem unless weapons are involved or large groups gang up against one or two guys. Uh, Citizen Philosopher Detroit says, ingratitude produces the most unhappy of people and the West has fostered an entire culture of ingratitude. The best way to fix this is to teach your children to be thankful. Well, I mean, that's definitely true. Uh, someone online says, if only the guy getting chased had some sort of implement to defend himself and or scare his attackers off. Uh, some sort of stick that goes bang. Never heard of it, frankly. Um, General Haiping says, it's not just our angry foreign contingents prowling the streets looking for a fight. There's loads of our own born and bred nutters just roaming loose. Nothing to do, uh, better to do all day than ruin someone's day. All taxpayer funded, mind you. It's like there's something in the water. Everyone is very angry and very stupid of late. What I, what I really, really find disgusting is like the sort of white kids in Ipswich trying to be like gangster. And it's like, what the hell's wrong with you? There's a word for that. Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to use it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hate it though. It's, yeah. I just think it's really gross. It's like, I, sorry, I, are you English or are you what? You know? Well, the, that word, um, it's funny because it's not just white kids in Ipswich. It's Pakistani lads in Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the Pakistanis obviously looking at their own youth being like, what? How did you, like, what is that crossover? Arch sent me a thing yesterday about uh, apparently Iraqis are getting really annoyed about the uh, Swedish gangsters that keep coming back to Iraq. Lots of Swedish gangsters. <laughs> what? Oh, what do you think? Swedish gangsters that get a bunch of gangsters who come from Sweden, go to Iraq for reasons unknown, and then cause loads and loads of trouble. And the Iraqi authorities are like, they all speak Swedish and they're causing loads of trouble. They're throwing loads of grenades. They're killing loads of people. Like, what the hell's going on? Eating on pickled, pickled herring, run. No, no, no. What, you, can you not put two and two together? I know, Obviously I know. It's the but like, what else would you... What, yeah. I'm trying to think, what words uh, an Iraqi who's gone to Sweden pick up and take home from Sweden, except the language? Violence. Just nothing else. Because the state permits it. Yeah. Because Sweden's like a third immigrant, or non-Swedish, and they've been <laughs> totally hands-off with policing that community. So that community has descended into gang violence, and now they're leaving Sweden, going back to Iraq. And the Iraqis are like, what the hell is this? 
You know, we don't allow this. British government's like, oh, I knew we'd bring back the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, Irish uh, Taffy Duck says on the Irish protest, it wasn't clashes between protesters and police. It was police assault people who pay their wages. That's totally true, man. Totally true. Um, and Charlie says regarding the street fighters, I may have said this before, but in my opinion, there's a way for London police to solve London's knife crime while having diversity that loves the country. Hire the Gurkhas. Once, once they're completed their military service, give them and their families a house and a job with the police. These kids want to my fight. Uh, who better to go up against them? Um, yeah, yeah. True. So the Cossacks in Russia, they get to keep their whips that yeah. you used to hit horses when they become policemen in Russia. Oh, yeah. So they're able to whip protesters, which sounds good. <laughs> so, I mean... You've got your Kukuris. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a, a valid exemption where it's just like, okay, these guys can be fast-tracked police officers and also keep their knives. Yeah. All deployed to London. Yeah. It's just annoying we have to outsource our ability to enforce law and order. Um, Liam uh, says, that Vox Pop was the most painful things I've ever experienced. You need a trigger warning for subjecting your audience to that level of retardation. <laughs> I'm genuinely worried it might be contagious. Jess should probably wear a mask just to be safe. <laughs> I love the box box, man. I like stupidity, you know, like a virus. I, I just love the instant contradictions in everything they're saying. Just like, yeah, I don't know anything about it, but I tell you what, uh, 50% of the country's black and there's not enough black people on TV when it turns out that 4% of the country's black. It's like, it is, but it also shows the kind of matters that is drilled into them. Yeah, totally yeah. PC programming. So they're completely unreliable when it comes to truth, but they're reliable when it comes to the kind of yeah, the propaganda that has yeah. gone in order to produce uh, minds Sam, like them. Yeah, no, theirs. exactly. Sam's like, uh, that guy's sentence says it perfectly. I don't know anything about this, really. These people are just clapping performative seals who mindlessly consume the propaganda they're fed and end up applauding absolute stupidity. Yeah, and they don't know anything about the world. Mouthpieces. Yeah, they're just, they're just occupied by the audience. But the thing at the end where they're like, yeah, well, I think we're moving into a new civilization. So yeah, a civilization where no one knows anything. A civilization where you're just literal morons. Uh, the crusade. Idiocracy. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like the, yeah. yeah. Uh, the crusader said, that one woman from Jess's question, who says, they're getting better, but we're not there yet. That's the whole problem with so-called progressivism. Nothing is ever good enough. There's always more work to be done. There's just one more mass grave and we'll finally be at Utopia. Uh, yeah, and they've got, they've got no end goal in sight. They don't know. It's just until every person on TV is a black, gay, trans, lesbian, even then. But do they have Down syndrome? Yeah, there's still more work to be done. Uh, Jan says, uh, this Vox Populi is damning. I think a bigger sample wouldn't be much better. Just shows that all the mechanisms to keep the state healthy, schools, media, experts, etc., have utterly failed. Dark ages await us. Well, when you say failed, but maybe again the system doing is what is doing what it's in, intended to do. Actually, uh, these this is a population that is physically incapable of revolt. Grant says, if like fifty percent of Britain is overweight and under and obese, they are underrepresented. Yeah, but that's the only one that the British public accurately identified as well. They're like, yeah, I mean, if we're going for representation, there should be more fatties on TV. True. I mean, that is true. <laughs> like, Geordie Swordsman says, I've had problems with casting choices for LGBT roles of actors who aren't in the community. Uh, as Sir Lawrence Olivier once said, my dear boy, have you tried acting? Um, I find it hard to believe there's an underrepresentation of gays in acting as well. I just don't believe that. Uh, Optional Malcolm says, I think we need more obesity on TV in the context of fat shaming. 
<laughs> Derek Power says, what is 1.5% of the population get 97% of everyone else's attention? Great question. Uh, California Refugee says, I wish she had followed up with the representation question with stats on how blacks and gays are actually massively overrepresented in the media. And notice that their guesses are closer to the propaganda ads than reality. Exactly. That was the, exactly the point of showing it. It's like, well, a third of people on TV are black. It's like, oh, well, I guess it must be about 35% of the country. A third of people on TV are gay. Well, it must be about... They're literally just programmed by the media. Uh, JJHW says, what about a statue of Enoch Powell? Yeah. I mean, I would. Where are we putting it? Because, I mean, I mean it would be really funny. Where's his hometown? Well, I think it'd be really, really funny to put it in that street I found that 0.0% English. They wouldn't understand it. No, but that's even funnier. But they're too Bradford. Because think of that. Like, there's all these people walking around, and there's this guy there that they're meant to hate, but they don't know why. They don't even know they should hate him because they're so disconnected. I mean, like the people I found in that place in London, they spoke their native Indian languages to each other all day, every day. Yeah. Like their English wasn't good enough to us to actually have a conversation. I believe it. So I don't know, there's some kind of weird irony to me in that. I mean, there is a weird irony, but like I I don't know, man. Somewhere, well, cliffs of Dover. What are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Heathrow Welcome Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe on the beaches of Dover, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I think a statue of Eno Powell would be a good idea. And it, I mean, oh, someone says he was born in Birmingham. Fucker. <laughs> perfect place. <laughs> no, but that's my point. That's you're gonna do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Those are Pakistanis. Be like new statue. Don't know why. <laughs> yeah, don't know who that is. Uh, North FC Zuma says, my concern with all these people saying the UK is like 30% black uh, are clearly just fine with the idea of it and will just vote for more of it. Yeah, that's another thing as well. It's like, oh, but it's 50%, isn't it? No, 45%. As if that's just totally normal. You tell them the government has imported infinity Africans and they go, oh, cool. Yeah, they just, they just don't, it, there's no connection between event and co- you know, cause and event. So I think Harry's right. Did the segment yesterday was just like, no, nah, they all just have brain damage. I can prove it scientifically. <laughs> it was showing me the three dimples, and <laughs> it's just like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Sven agrees with you, I think. Uh, the imagery of Trump stepping over the border into North Korea was iconic and strangely moving, given subsequent moves to return to the remains of the MIAs. Uh, return the remains of the MIAs. Uh, although I don't think a statue would remain unscathed for long. That's okay. I don't mind if the statue is uh, scathed by angry leftist protesters. I just want to be the one advancing the dialectic. Now we've got a statue of Trump for all the good things he did. So we can list a little plug. This is a statue of Trump for bringing, uh, improving relations with North Korea or something. How funny will it be that we put him up, you know, both get a statue, they're holding hands, obviously, yeah. shake hands, and they are going to go and vandalize the Donald Trump section yeah. and leave the dear leader alone. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they will. Yeah, yeah no, They're not going to do anything to Kim Jong-un. I bet they couldn't name anything about Kim Jong-un that they find objectionable. And I thought maybe that should be a box bomb. <laughs> like, yeah. Why what? is Kim Jong-un bad? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Bashar al-Assad bad? Why is Saddam Hussein bad? It's an interesting point, actually. I reckon most people have no idea. Yeah. So, oh, he's a dictator. What does that mean? What did he do? Yeah. So I remember I used to date a Russian girl, and she uh, would tell me about why Putin was terrible. But then when I asked her why, she couldn't actually say why, and she's Russian. I mean, kills journalists. She just nothing. She didn't say any of this. She couldn't get to any invaded of those Ukraine. She just said well, there were some reasons. Well, he he hadn't went back when I was okay, thinking, okay. obviously. But it's it I was, don't know how long this. It's interesting how people know that someone's bad but don't know why. Hmm. 
And so getting to those enemies of the West, I mean, that might be really interesting to see how little people know. Why did General Gaddafi have to go? Well, I mean, that that's... In thinking about it, they didn't even give a causes belly for that no, one. Well, I was going to say, that, that seems to genuinely be about the threat to the petrodollar. But at least to in- introduce the gold dinar. Because at least with Bashar al-Assad, there was the whole, like, oh, he used chemical weapons, trust us. Yeah, which is probably untrue. But for Gaddafi, there was just like, uh, he's just, just got to go. I think a good idea for a Vox Pop would be to ask a basic question about English history. Because I'm sure people would... What happened uh, in 1997? <laughs> <laughs> a very specific question. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, but, but the entirety of the history of it, because I'm sure pre- people wouldn't know, but they, they are uh, sort of educated to hate it. Mm. What? One million foreigners came last year. How many Vikings invaded England? <laughs> Not nearly that many, I tell you. Yeah. Um, Pete says, I direct a statue in honor of motherhood. Thing is, they've done that and they look hideous. What do you mean? Because they're single mother statues in oh. America. See, this is the annoying thing. Um, there are statues to motherhood and raising yeah. children in the Soviet Union. They're still there, obviously, in modern Russia. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Oh, I bet they are. So, I, I bet they are. I mean, like anything that's done before the modern era is pretty good, it seems. Yeah, but how did the communists do a better job than progressives at representing right-wing concepts? We've covered this before, though, because like they'll... Like there was a statue that they put up with two mothers holding hands and then two children, and the children are like you know gender ambiguous, and it's like <laughs> how can a statue be gender ambiguous? Well, it's a statue of people, and the, and it, and it's just like <laughs> you know they, that that's their statue to motherhood. They have done. This. Did they ha- the, did the statue had uh, don't misgender me under it? So, no, it didn't have any caption. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just they, they have done this and we do everything poorly. But um, anyway, I guess we'll leave it there. All right. If you'd like uh, to see more, uh, go to the website. If not, don't. Bye-bye.